Hello, and thank you for joining us today on the Gentle Art of Crushing It show, where we focus on learning and sharing with our listeners all there is to know about how to create success in our lives. This show stands on the shoulders of giants. Our mission is to empower and inspire our listeners to create the life of their dreams whilst having a blast in the process. Let's celebrate life together. Welcome to the show. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Randy Smith. Randy is the founder of Impact Equity, which was formed to help investors achieve strong results in their passive real estate investing strategies. Randy's main responsibilities include introducing and assisting investors with investment opportunities offered by various real estate investment firms. Now, Randy currently resides in Peoria, Arizona with his wife, Jenny, regularly visits his daughter, Molly, in Oregon, and he has spent the last 25 years working in various business development and leadership roles in corporate America. In his most recent role at a Fortune 100 financial services company, he led his organization through numerous product launches, achieving various accolades, including two President's Club Awards and two Chairman's Awards. Now, Randy has started his real estate investing career doing out-of-state turnkey and burr strategies in the single-family rental space, and he quickly realized the many additional benefits he could receive by switching his strategy to passively investing in multifamily syndications. Randy has now invested in 15 different syndications with six different operators, which gives him the unique knowledge and expertise to recognize a strong passive opportunity. Now, Randy has started his undergraduate studies at Northern Michigan University and holds a Bachelor of Science in Business Marketing from University of Phoenix. Without any further ado, won't you please join me in welcoming Randy to the show. Thank you so much for joining us today, uh, you know, on the Gentle Art of Crushing It. Really appreciate your time and uh, you sharing your time with us. Um, I'd like to just start us off with the first question here. So please just tell us, you know, about yourself, your background, you know, where and how you found success, like in any niche in particular that you want to dive into a bit, um, you know, would be wonderful. Yeah, no, thanks so much. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Super excited to be here today. It's, uh, I mean, the, the topic of the general art of crushing it. What a great topic. So glad to be here. So yeah, I am, uh, I am a, a sales and sales management guy. I've been in, was in corporate America for about 25 years through uh, various organizations in corporate America, Fortune 100 and 200 um, organizations. And I was, I was a top performing sales guy in both, both of the main organizations that I worked with. And I think probably when, when I look at, um, you know, why was I successful and others might not have had the success that I have, I think it comes down with sales guys to grit and, um, you know, working hard is, is one piece of it, but grit that um, I just don't take no for an answer and I am the, the guy that will follow up until you tell me not to follow up anymore or we close the deal. So that's kind of where some of that success has come from. Um, but yeah, basically sales and sales management guy for 25 years and moved into real estate investing in the last four to five years as well. That's awesome. And, and uh, yeah, um, you know, I really love that you have 
um, you know, such a strong sales background in also your, you're very confident in your, in your sales. Um, but also, um, you know, you can just tell that you're, it's a matter of fact for you, you're that you're a great mm-hmm. salesperson. And, you know, um, I've heard a, a lot of people talk about if they're going to start their own business, they, they got to get good at, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, I think, for example, they got to get good at sales. And sales for me, honestly, is one area that, you know, I do love. I love sales um, positions and, um, you know, it's just always something that it's like how, you know, there's always room for improvements and, you know, I'm always looking to uh, get better at sales, right? So could you actually, I know you touched on grit and not taking no for, you know, an answer, um, but can you actually share, you know, something about sales that will help a lot of salespeople out there? Because I, I mean, people struggle, you know, with sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I I think, I think it's a good question because a lot of people, um, salespeople get a bad name for themselves for the few that are the sleazy car salesman guy. And, you know, something I've said for years is like the best salespeople in the world are never selling in the first place. And it's just connecting one person, connecting with another person. And if there's some mutual benefit that can occur there, then maybe a transaction occurs, maybe it doesn't occur. Um, But I find that if you're part of an organization that is selling some type of product, service, widget, whatever it is. But if it's something that you firmly believe in and you don't have any hesitancy about that product and what value it can bring, then it's just really a matter of uncovering the folks that can actually benefit from it. And, you know, you, you'll find a lot of people that are, are super pushy. They don't, um, and here I am saying, don't take no for an answer, but um, there's a the right way and a wrong to way to do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you hear like the three strikes or the three no rule, like make them say no three times. And to me, I think, I think that's a terrible rule. If it's not a right fit, like it's not a right fit and let's and you, move on. It's not going to benefit anybody. Yeah. You're wasting your time as well as theirs. Right. And I think like you, you said something that's key, um, which is you're actually just looking for the people that essentially are a right fit. Like, you know, in yeah. wholesale with wholesale real estate, for example, you're not going to get like the average Joe to give you this huge discount on their property. You're just looking for the people that fit that model. When you find them, then, you know, uh, I also heard you kind of saying that, you know, when you go into that conversation, you're focusing on the other person and how can you bring value to the person? How can you help them solve their problem? Um, yep. You know, so yeah, I think it's a, I think it's, I, I honestly like really, really, um, you know, love the fact that you're awesome at sales. It's such a, like a, a great skill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting place to play. It, it's one of those um, areas where, you know, the harder you work, the more you make, um, if you're in the right environment, of course, um, there are, of course, uh, environments where the harder you work, you don't make more money. And those are, those are generally just not good sales organizations to be a part of. Um, but as a whole sales, nothing happens in this world unless something's, something's sold, right? The transaction yeah. that occurs between two people is what make the world, makes the world go round. So thousand percent. Whether, yeah. uh, Zig Ziglar had this whole, um, spiel on that. Are you, you know, have you heard that it's, Oh yeah. 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 Big Zig Ziglar guy. Yeah. Me too. And, and like the way he puts it, nobody else could do it as good as him, but you know, it, the listeners, if they get a chance, look at that because 
It's, it is a thousand percent true. The world needs salespeople. There is a few bad actors out there and yep. um, there is a plethora of great people that will help you and you can earn a great income. And it, sometimes, you know, for the yep. new salespeople out there, we got to be careful. Maybe the company you're working for, maybe you honestly don't like their product or maybe they're not treating you the way that you should be. Just know like this is the land of opportunity. There's, um, you know, it's, sometimes like actually the truth is too many opportunities out there, but you got to find some yep. good ones, right? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. I love that. Let me ask you this. Uh, and we kind of, um, well, no, the next question would be just, you know, please just share with us one of one or more of your favorite successes that either you solely created on your own or, you know, were a part of a team while, while creating it. Yeah, no, thank you for that. It's, um, yeah, when I look back, I, I spent 10, 10 years with two different um, large Fortune 100 or 200 companies. And each of those, anytime you're in a sales environment, the, the ultimate win is the president's club or, or chairman's club, whatever, whatever they call that, that big winner, where you're the top one, two, three percent of the sales organization. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough where I've had three of those um, over the years. And the one that I got most recently was really, um, was really just a super exciting time in my career. I was, I was rising up the ranks. I was getting recognized for leadership. I got appointed for this group that was called ready to lead, which was, was the future leaders of this organization, or it was the group that they would groom for future leaders. Um, and I actually, um, got to be a part of that group just around the time that a new product launch was occurring in our organization. And it was the product that fit my skill set perfectly. I was super passionate about it. I believed it. I used it. Like literally, I, I just loved this product. It was something that we were asking for for years. And as I moved into this ready to lead um, group, part of that process was getting assigned to a project that I got attached to the product launch of this specific product launch. And um, ultimately what happened with it is I ended up being, you know, on 20 or 30 different, um, you know, director level meetings. I would meet with every director in, in the group in front of their teams and share best practices. <laughs> I was on national calls. I was being brought in to help other people close deals on other, other things and it was just a tremendous success. And it was one of the most successful launches that we had had in the history of, of the organization that I was in. And ultimately, that ended up leading to a President's Club win and, you know, the prestige and the acknowledgments and, you know, like I was the guy. And we're talking um, a really large company, right? And the yes. President's Club award happens once a year, right? Exactly. Yes. It's a, so this it is, is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think it's like top 3% and, you know, there's 350, 400 people in the organization or in the division that I was in. So, you know, if you were selected, it was, it was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, You're good so, if you were selected. Really? Yeah. Good. Yeah. And it, it seems funny. I, you'll notice in the background, I've got all of the, you know, my, my wall of awards. And um, I remember growing up as a kid, my dad had a wall of awards and I always wanted to get a wall of awards as well. That's great. Um, and it's funny, everybody asked like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And when I was a kid, all I wanted to be was a guy wearing a suit, carrying a briefcase. And I thought that would be success. Um, oddly enough today, it's a very, very different idea of what I think success is, but um, needless to say, it was certainly neat to have 
um, a lot of those wins along the way. Amen. No. And, you know, who doesn't love awards, right? And trophies. And, uh, you know, right along with that, you just mentioned something that um, I need to, I, I work at bringing up in every single one of these shows, which is the concept that we have to, des- to define what success means to us, right? Yep. So uh, obviously um, you just, you know, uh, shared example of how you define success as a kid. And then as an adult, um, now it's like a, you know, a totally different picture, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You, you get a, get a wife, get some kids and um, life, life takes on different meaning and, um, you know, relationships like for me anyways, have become mm-hmm. more important and more, you know, deep and, um, you know, character becomes more important and yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, absolutely. Very absolutely. Cool. Well, um, and I, mm-hmm. I think there's, um, you know, the, the dollars used to always be a big one. The titles used to be a big one promotions. You know, I used to be a guy that chased promotions. Um, and I, I had a mentor early on that said, um, and this is something that stuck with me. This has been this was the very part of very first part of my career. And I, I had come into his organization. I ran up to the top in a sales role and then he moved me into a leadership position and I became the number one leader. And then I was jumping into another role and I'd only been with the organization for like two and a half years or something. And he said, you know, he brought me into the office and he said, you know, congratulations, Randy. Fantastic. You've always done a great job, but he said, you know, it's one thing to get a promotion or get repeated promotions over and over again, but it's an entirely different thing to stay in one spot and become the absolute best at what you do. And there's a level of freedom. There's a level of peace. There's a level of pride that comes from being the very, very best that you can be um, that you just don't get by hopping between positions. And that's something that stuck with me. Um, that's great. The, uh, if, if you'll allow me to interject, like the riches are in the niches, the becoming a, 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 you know, a specialist, that's why, you know, surgeons, uh, create such a, a high income. Right. And absolutely. That's cool. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is, those are some great words of wisdom. Um, if, if I could just jump back to your, uh, uh, scenario where, you know, the stars were in alignment with the new project and you were excelling in your sales career with this, um, uh, organization, would you mind sharing with us one of the most valuable lessons that you learned from that whole, you know, skyrocketing, um, uh, you know, experience? Yeah, I, th- I think probably for me, the, the biggest thing that I learned through that experience, and it's something that's really resonating with me lately is, um, you know, once you do find out, a lot of people will say, um, you know, chase your passion and the money will come. Um, Some other people will say, you know, chase the money and you'll find your passion. Um, Different schools of thought on different things. But what I've come to know at this point is that where I really, where I personally feel the juice the most is when I get to a level of expertise that I can become a valuable resource for other people and then start to train and coach and teach them, that's where I really start to feel the flow. And that's where where I try and kind of how I'm tailoring my life and structuring my life today is I wanna put myself in that position to where I can teach and coach and train and inspire and mentor um, more often than not because I spend the majority of my time there, 
my days just fly by and I finish, I finish the day feeling peaceful and complete and successful versus the grind of just pounding the phones or chasing after the deal or whatever that is. Like I want to know, inspire and grow others is, is the goal that I got from that. I, I think that's great. And um, you also, uh, you know, mentioned something that is also incredibly important for everybody to pay attention to, which is, you know, when we're doing something that we discover time is passing in mm-hmm. the probably in a state of flow. So like, where yeah. are we finding that? And can you align your income with your state of flow um, early on? If you can, you know, start working towards that, even as a teenager, it's like, you might have a, a wonderful, like amazing life, you know? So yeah. I really love that. Um, great. Thank you. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Would you mind actually sharing with us, you know, one incredibly difficult experience or multiple that you've walked through and uh, something that you, something that you learned from that? Yeah, I, um, and, and it actually ties back to one of my, my greatest you know, a couple of years in my career, that same product launch that I mentioned to you, um, there were some environmental changes that occurred. Um, and it, it was, um, ultimately that product got pulled from the sales group and we had to readjust and realign. And, um, it was a really, it was actually a very difficult year and a half or two years because I had found my success there. I had, um, you know, grown a, a very good name for myself and a good brand and reputation in this area. And then all of a sudden that product was pulled from the offering. Um, and it, it was something that I still believed in very much, but had to completely shift and then start focusing on another area that I was not as passionate about. And, um, you know, it kind of comes back to, you know, in, in careers, you have highs and lows, you have to kind of work through those hard times. If you work for a, a, an amazing brand or amazing organization, it's excited to get, or it, it's easier to get excited about jumping back in the trenches, maybe even if you don't believe in the product as much anymore. Um, but it, difficult time having to switch there. And, and I guess the lesson that I learned there. Um, really was that, you know, at the end of the day, as a sales guy, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, whatever that is, is, you know, regardless of what's going on in the environment, what's changing, if you show up and you do the right things and you work hard and you honestly try to bring value to people, then you're going to be okay and you're going to get through this period, whether it's hard or easy or not. And, you know, that, that whole giver's gain mentality, I think, is, um, is something that's really, really valuable. Um, because, again, if, if for myself personally, if I'm in that giving mode, I gain value just by the act of giving, right? And inevitably, when there are hard times in organizations, regardless of the size of it, whether you're a two-man show or one-man show, um, you know, there are always going to be people that are complaining um, I, I call it the crinkled hundred dollar bill. Like somebody steps over a hundred dollar bill that's crinkled, they're going to be complaining that it's not like perfectly crisp, right? <laughs> um, so there's always going to be people that are complaining, and it it might seem easier to fall into that complaining group, but really the easier thing is is to be above that and try to ch- and choose to be positive and choose to bring value regardless of what's going on around you. Yeah, I mean. 
I love that. You surround yourself with positive people. Yeah. What is the, uh, you know, I think Jim Rohn says you are the sum total of the five people that you surround yourself with. It is Absolutely. like such valuable, uh, you know, advice. I love that. Well, and, and what's neat about that too. So that, I mean, that is a mantra that I've lived by for years, but sometimes you don't have proximity to individuals. Um, but I've been just like a voracious, um, I would say reader, but I'm actually a voracious audible guy. So I listened to a ton of books. I listened to a ton of podcasts. Like uh, I, I was driving to the gym the other day and turned on the radio and I was like, oh my God, I haven't listened to the radio in uh, like years because I'm constantly listening to podcasts. And, and, and you're, if you're like me, all you listened to for years was music, right? prior to that. Yes. Yeah. Prior to that. Yeah. So definitely. Same here. No. And, and uh, you know, I can tell you, and, and this is kind of going back to, you know, Zig Ziglar, turn your automobile into auto U, auto university right. and get those, you know, books in you get those courses, get the good positive podcasts in you. It's like, you know, I truly believe that in, it's kind of underlying in the questions of this show, anybody can go and it, I believe it because it's the truth. Anybody can start from any sort of humble beginning and become as massive as of a success as they want. In the case of Les Brown, which do you know much about Les Brown? I mean, I, I know the story. Yeah. yeah his definitely. story's unreal. And yeah. I encourage anybody to look into uh, Les Brown and his story. It's, it is unbelievable. So it's definitely. the truth. We can, we can make our dreams come true. Gotta love it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd, I'd imagine you know, being being flexible and also, um, you know, during those times when you had to shift from the your awesome product being pulled onto a new product. One thing that um, you had to remain is you had to probably keep your humility. Right. Because, of course, we always have someone to answer to, whether we, yeah. you know, believe it or not. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's kind of an interesting point, too. We didn't get into before, but um like being the guy on the top of the hill is a hard place to be as well. You know, I had a, a leader that told me once, he's like, the easiest guy in the world to shoot arrows at is the guy at the top of the mountain. Nobody cares what's going on in the valleys, right? Um, so just pre be prepared. And, and not only that, um, it's hard to remain humble too when you're up there and realize that, um, yeah, there's always somebody bigger, better, faster, stronger, richer, whatever it is. So absolutely. And when we become overconfident or cocky, we can make larger, stupider, more injurious mistakes. Yeah. 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 Humility is valuable. Yeah. I love absolutely. it. Yeah. Uh, let me, let me just shift the conversation a little bit uh, and just ask you this fun question, which is, you know, if you were to be sent back in time to age 18, knowing mm -hmm. what you know, now you got to bring your knowledge and wisdom with you. What would you do to fast track your success? To fast track my success. I, I think, um, God, there's a, there's like six different questions in there, right? If I were to go back to 18, you know, part of me wants to say like experience everything, um, you know, and, and I've got this problem of, uh, you know, jumping out of the plane and building the parachute on the way down um, and going an, uh, a mile wide and an inch deep. Um, so I, I think, you know, really what I would probably say is just make a decision and, and do something and go all in on something and don't be so worried on missing out on other things or wondering if you're making the right decision. I, I think, you know, you get a lot of people that sit on the sidelines and 
you know, they're, they're like, should I do this? Should I do this? Should I go this direction? Should I do this? They start second guessing every decision that they ever make. But, um, you know, Brandon Turner says, says it famously, like, it's not really all that important what decision you make, just make a decision and do it um, and go all in. And I used to, used to like this year, um, be so afraid that the decision that I make in this next move that I'm making is going to be like, once I make it, I'm going for, cause I've, I've been 10 years with the last two companies. So I'm thinking I've got to make another 10 year decision. Not really. I need to make a, de- a today decision. And if tomorrow or the next day, it's not the right decision, we can always readjust and, and change, change direction. Right. You continue to build that parachute. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a great analogy about, you know, a, a airplane leaving from LA and going to New York and, you know, I, I don't know what the number is, but a very, very small percentage of the time are they actually heading in the correct direction. They're either too far north or too far south. And it's, you know, that's kind of the path that I'm taking today is I'm going to go all in and I'm going to go hard and I'm likely going to have to adjust, you know, even throughout the day. Um, definitely daily and weekly, though. Yeah, I, I love that. And, you know, one of my um, past guests, and I don't know if you got the chance to meet him, uh, John Klingenhotz, uh, hmm. shared with me that in his business, it's he makes a lot of small pivots, a lot of small ones. And it's course correct. The same thing where we're going from Los Angeles to New York in the plane, and they're off path, whatever percentage, 80, 90 percent, 95 or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, they still make it there because they're continuing to correct their course, right? And um, yeah. it's 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 great to be thinking about. I also wanted to circle back a little bit to the concept of making a commitment on like a business, for example, and which you're talking about, um, or just a, a, a you know, well, this is in business, but to bring up Brandon Turner again, he shares an example of you know he started a wood. Uh, wooden sunglass company like a few years ago I guess four years five years ago something like that and I'm gonna you know have some of the details wrong but I think he said he stuck with it for about four months and then closed it where he knows now if he would have kept it open he would have made it profitable so sticking to it thinking long term and uh, you know making that decision initially and not um, flip-flopping from the decision is huge advice I think yeah, absolutely. Love it. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was going to say one of the, uh, uh, you and I are very similar. This is one of the, um, you know, uh, um, the, the pluses of actually doing this show is I get to know people and <clears throat> I have the same thing. And I also think that kind of, it's probably just pretty much all entrepreneurs. We have shiny object syndrome and we have the propensity to um, overfill our plates. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's great advice to actually make, find one thing, go all in like you're saying, and just, you know, give it everything you got, stay focused. But uh, yeah. Um, let me ask you this. What would you say, what are your thoughts on mindset and how to go from a non-success mindset to a successful mindset? Yeah. So um I think mindset is is one of the things that separates successful and non-successful people, right? You can take somebody with the same background, same education, same, you know, technically work, work um, history and put those same two people in a role and they're going to perform wildly different based on mindset. Um, you know, the, the victim mentality or the person who is there in creation, right? Uh, so, yeah, I, I think mindset is huge. Um, 
you know, being in sales mindset is a huge piece because you're hearing no all day long, constantly. And, um, you know, I've, I've always been one of these personal development guys. I, you know, I bought a Tony Robbins thing literally on tape at one point um, back in, back gosh, in the day, the late nineties, I think it was. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I do, and we're both part of the Jason Drees community, the mindset yes. community, which is something I started earlier this year, which has just been absolutely amazing. Literally I had agree. the best 45 minute session in our inner circle yesterday that I have ever had. It was just mind blowing. So, I love um, it. but yeah, I think mindset's huge. I, um, th- this idea and this concept of like getting yourself straight and getting yourself in the right mindset and frame before you enter a specific situation, whether it's, you know, doing your weird audible things where you're stretching or screaming out super loud or smiling voraciously, Superman to trick your body into, yeah, all of that stuff before walking in on a sales meeting or after a long day at work, pulling into the driveway and trying to shift, shift frame so you can walk in and be a good dad or a good husband. Like um, it's, it's all mindset. It's all frame shifting. It's all getting you in the right mind to show up and whatever the task is, there is a right mindset or a right frame for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. I love it. And, um, you know, let me ask you this, this uh, if there was a key that unlocked or helps to unlock, you know, success in your life, what would you say that is? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I, I'm a high activity guy. Uh, I have a tendency to, to go, um, and it, I, I think an object in motion tends to stay in motion. You know, the saying that if you want something done, find somebody who's busy and he's got a higher likelihood of getting it done than somebody who's just sitting around loafing, which it seems counterintuitive. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I've always been the guy that's just activity, activity, activity. Yes. We need to refine. Yes. We need to improve. Yes. We need to do all of that, but we don't we don't get to do any of that unless we're showing up and swinging at the, at the plate. So I think activity um, and focused energy is really the answer. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, when you're saying activity, you actually make me think of uh, Brian Tracy, who, um, you know, in one of his programs, the Phoenix seminar, which is an oldie, but a goodie, but okay. uh, he talks a lot about urgency also, which is sort of like focused energy. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Um, I also wanted to mention, and we are going to try to keep it tight. We'll wrap up on time, I promise. But, uh, you know, you you said something a minute ago, uh, talking about mindset that I think is really uh, important. And I've actually never heard it put this way. Um, but you either have a victim mentality or you're in creation. What usually we hear is like we have a victim mentality or a victor mentality. But uh, mm-hmm. the victor sort of. Um, that's great and everything, but creation, we're not, it reminds me of, okay, a, another guy, Earl Nightingale, the strangest secret. We're not, yeah. we don't have to compete. We have to create. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, I think it's absolutely. like, that is just uh, very, very, you know, solid, you know, just amazing advice where either you can be in a victim mentality or you can be in creation, which one sounds yeah. better, you know? It's, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer, whatever you feed will grow. 
Like if you feed negativity, if you feed being a victim, if you feed like that will grow, negativity grows. If you, if you feed positivity, if you feed gratitude, if you feed love, that's going to grow. And um, we have a choice every single morning when we wake up, what we're going to feed. Um, yeah. Sometimes you, you know, you wake up and you feel like you got the hundred pound gorilla on your shoulders and you can choose like, is this something that's going to hold you down or is this something that's making you stronger? Right. Mm. Oh yeah. No, I love that. And you know, the hundred pound gorilla, uh, sometimes, um, will become lighter if you just get up and start walking, start taking actions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a, it, there's that story of the two wolves that we have inside of us, one good wolf and one bad wolf, which one are we feeding? And yeah, I think it's a great way to look at it. And it's, you know, this is one of the uh, beautiful things about podcasts and books and, you know, um, positivity, uh, you know, um, success principles that we have to continue to put in our brains because it's so easy to forget this stuff. It's a quick reminder, which one are you feeding? And it's like, it's great. It's funny. You mentioned Earl Nightingale, um, greatest secret. I, for the last about 10 years on the first of the month, I've got a reminder that says, listen to the strangest secret every single first of the month for the last 10 years. So yeah. that's so cool. I, I yeah. will join you on that. I, I was yeah. doing it every single day for a long time and uh, you know, I haven't touched it for a while, but it's, it's crazy. Like you can listen to it every single day and, and, and still you're going to be grateful that you're listening to it. you're like, Oh my gosh, yeah. this is mind blowing. Yeah. yeah, that's great. He is He here. He was but just amazing. Like individual. Um, uh, do you mind sharing with us one book recommendation or it could be as many as you want and one tech recommendation that you feel, you know, is very helpful? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I just got, um, got this new Ben Hardy book. I'm a big Dan Sullivan, Benjamin Hardy fan. I, um, who not how gap or gain personality isn't perfect. That whole series is just absolutely amazing. So, um, yeah, if, if, if I had to pick one, I would probably say gap or gain um, because it kind of goes back to that same thing. Like we can choose to either focus on the gap of how, um, like how far away we are from the finish line, or we can focus on the gain on how far we've gone. Right. It's almost harder Um, to see progress in ourselves than it is to see, um, you know, deficiency. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be that way though. Maybe it's socially conditioned. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So technology wise, um, And actually, so this isn't a technology thing, but I just found Fiverr, um, which is like an Upwork type of thing. And I think it's the greatest thing in the world. I I hired some guy from another country and he sent 4,000 messages for me for $40. And I'm just thinking, that is the most amazing thing I've ever found in my life. And and prior to two weeks ago, I had no idea that that was even available. So That's that's something I'm liking lately. You won't find a better deal than that for sure. <laughs> sure. And, and sure. you know, I've, I've used both of them, Fiverr and Upwork, and I really, really prefer Fiverr. Like it's just, yeah, okay. yeah I, I like it a lot better. Um, that's great. And, uh, you know, so um, let me ask you this. How, how can our audience support you? Is there a particular type of deal you're looking for they can send your way? And how can our audience like connect with you? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So um, yeah, the majority of this call was talked about my, it was talking about my corporate America career. And I recently left uh, my W2 and I have started a, thank you. I have started a real estate investment firm where I help passive investors um, find good places to put their capital and get fantastic returns outside of the stock market. So um, if you or anyone, you know, is looking 
uh, for great investment opportunities in the real estate space, specifically through syndication. Um, that is my new space. Um, probably the easiest way to find me is on LinkedIn under Randy Smith. And uh, my website is impactequity.net. Okay. And do you mind repeating the website one more time? Yep. Impactequity.net. Awesome. And I will put that in your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Um, I'm so glad that you brought up syndications because you and I have talked uh, before this show, um, you know, quite a few times. And I just want to, you know, vouch for Randy that he really, really is uh, really knows what he's doing in syndications, real estate and otherwise. And he has some, um, you know, uh, great advice. So definitely thousand percent reach out to him. Um, and I guess sort of the last, uh, you know, housekeeping that we have for today before we say goodbye is, um, you know, something that uh, I'm super excited to announce, which is we are expanding the gentle art of crushing it in the sense of bringing on more hosts who will bring much more value uh, to the show than, than me, uh, for sure. And so I uh, wanted to introduce you, Randy, as um, one of our new hosts and so, so grateful to have you. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about what your vision is for your um, show in particular? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, super excited to be a part of this. As as I'm leaving my W two, um, one of the one of the greatest things about real estate investing is that it gives you options. And after leaving the W two, if it was not for the um, real estate investing that I've done, um, specifically through passive investing and syndications, yes. I would have most likely had to go either one, not being able to leave the W-2 or I'd be out looking for another W-2 right now. So the focus of our, of our show is going to be on passive investing in the real estate space and teaching folks how to do that because it can be a super intimidating place. Everybody's so used to playing in the stock market where you just shovel off your 401k into this space that maybe you'll get access to in 65 when you're 65 years old, but there's better ways to invest, or there are ways to invest that work very, very well in conjunction with that. So mm. the focus of the show is going to be passive investing. How do you do it? Where do you do it? Like, what are all these intimidating terms? And I'm going to bring on, hoping, hoping to bring on one to two guests per month on that are just strictly passive investors. And then a couple of times a month, I'm going to just share tidbits and education pieces to hopefully make um, make that an option for you. Yeah, no, that's great. And it's going to bring so much value. And, and you know, um, trust me, ladies and gentlemen, you want to um, know what Randy has to share. You really do. It's fascinating. And, um, you know, like you like you mentioned, it has actually supported you very well. Um, you know, what you've learned in, in uh, syndication investing. And um, so, you know, I just, I thank you so much. And, um, you know, unless there's anything else you want to add, Randy, I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap it up. I think that's it. Doug, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Can't wait to connect with the viewers uh, on the other channels. Yeah, a thousand percent. My pleasure. Thank you for being here. And um, so uh, that is just the end of another gentle art of crushing it show. Um, and so until next time, we will talk to you later. All the best. Thanks, everyone.
Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode of The Gentle Art of Crushing It. It was an amazing episode. I know I sure learned a lot. I hope you did as well. I want to take a second and just thank you so much for viewing or listening to this episode. And please just know that I only ask you for one favor, and that is to make this life magnificent. Thank you and have a wonderful day.